0: Today about faith and uh, I want to tell you a little bit about this sermon because normally when I write sermons I get a vision and then after I've had the vision of the sermon it all falls into place but on on Wednesday night oh dear (laughs) oh dear so in the end I just gave up and I watched a thing on the Minden's I'm having trouble, aren't I, on the Mendizzi's, um murders. And, and the story was about going through difficulty. And suddenly, because I've got all these questions we've got to answer, I suddenly realized that God had already written the sermon for me. And it's there in Genesis So what I'm going to do today is just to share what God showed me about the story of Abraham. Because Abraham is all about faith. And he made some horrendous mistakes. Mistakes that would normally break marriages up. Right? Mistakes that would cause all sorts of bothers. But he's still the father of faith. In fact, there's a a verse that's repeated four times in the Bible. It says, Abraham believed God. Didn't believe the message, he believed God. And it was counted as righteousness. Today we're going to look at this. And I'm so glad, by the way, Dre, I'm so glad that you used that text last week that says... My own sheep, said Jesus, listen to my voice. Because that is the way we discover faith, by hearing God speak. And so when we begin to do this, we've got to understand that the life of Abraham is a picture of how we trust God. Now, faith is the door to eternal life, and it begins with God. Don't ever think that you started to believe in God because of your ability. You started to believe in God because he came to you. And I've got a story about that. And I've told part of this story before. I was asked in the Anglican church to baptize a child who was dying. So I went to the hospital, but before I went to the hospital, I said to the parents, I said, look, I want to pray that God will heal your baby. And the man said to me, his name was John. He said, I'm a skeptic, I don't believe. And I felt about that big. And I thought, I have just blown it completely. But I felt that God wanted me to say that. And here was I in a situation where this man didn't believe. And then after a real horrible silence he said, but don't let my belief stand in the way. You pray. And we prayed and God healed. Now I look back, I had nothing to do with that except that I listened to God. But more importantly, he, though he didn't believe in God, still had faith enough to say, you do it. That was the beginning of his faith. Later on, he was in the bottom of a river doing a murder investigation. And he said he was pressed down by the current and there was him and there, were, there was a, a, a policewoman. And he grabbed her and said, God, you saved my baby, now save me. And they were physically thrown out of the river. Faith is incredibly powerful. It's the way by which... We actually experience God. And you don't have to have a very good faith. You have to have, Jesus said, as much as a mustard seed. And if you've ever seen a mustard seed, it's less than a millimeter in diameter. It's tiny. And so faith is about that. This was the beginning for Abraham. Abraham, he was there because he was still the father of many and not the father of nations. The Lord said to Abraham, leave your country, your relatives and your father's home and go to a land that I'm going to show you. And I tell you something, there's plenty of people in church today who know that passage because the Lord said to you in this country or that country, leave your country, your relatives and your father's home and go to a land that I'm going to show you. How many people have been through that process? Right. You know, it takes a huge amount of courage to do this, doesn't it? And Abraham started that way. It is who we believe, not what we believe. Right? It is who we believe not what we believe. I sometimes have trouble with faith but I always know who I believe. I believe God. And Abraham believed and then he tried to do God's work for him. What is the difference between self-confidence and faith? This was one of the questions and there's Abraham or Abraham in Egypt let's go to there Abraham well I'll read it if I can but there was a famine in Egypt then the and so he went down to Egypt and he said to Sarah he said Sarah he said when the Egyptians see you they will assume you are my wife And you are very beautiful, and they will kill me and let you live. Tell them that you are my sister, because then, because of you, they will let me live, and they'll treat me well. (laughs) Ooh, ooh, what a mess! (laughs) What a mess! And this is the father of faith who's doing this. You see, when I rely on my ability to understand, I shut off a window to God. And we do it often. The story was that he had to leave Egypt because they got, the Egyptians got into all sorts of trouble. It didn't end well. Abraham, the man of faith, tried to do it his way first of all, using his confidence, his methods, and they didn't work. Sometimes when we think that I can do it, we fall right in the box. I've done it many times. I have the marks and the broken ribs to prove it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and the next thing we discover because I'm going on without laboring any points is Abraham, Abraham Lot and Melchizedek. Now Abraham, Lot, and Melchizedek. There was a question about the balance between faith and wisdom, and and this is quite important because when Abraham heard that his nephew Lot had been captured, he called together all the fighting men in his camp, three hundred and eighteen in all, and pursued the four kings all the way to Dan. There he divided his men into groups, attacked the enemy at night, defeated them, chased them as far as Hobar, north of Damascus, and got back all the loot that had been taken. He also brought back his nephew Lot and his possessions together with the women and the other prisoners. There is a time to be prepared and a time to balance wisdom and understanding with faith. I've had many experiences here where you say, yes, God has shown me something. I have received by faith a message from God. But now is not the time to speak it out, right? And sometimes as pastors, we have to exercise wisdom. We have to prepare We have to be understanding. Now Abraham knew that he had a whole lot of war-like people. And they obviously weren't well organised because 318 men routed four kings and their men. But there is a time to make strategic decisions and that too is faith. To prepare... On occasions, as a church, right at the moment, you know we're looking towards building a church. And there's all sorts of plans. You're going to hear about them as soon as it's available. Right? But we are making plans. And they are wise decisions. And we are praying that God is going to show us what to do. But we've got to do all these things together. If we don't do these things together... We're going to come a cropper. It doesn't mean that we don't have faith. It means that we are prepared. And this is one of the things that comes from Abraham, Lot, and Melchizedek. Now, the next question, as a logical person, do I just step out? Right? Good and bad solutions. There are two solutions there. The good solution was the solution we've just come across where Abraham said right I know I have to go out and deal with these bad kings but the next part right is Ishmael the poor solution Melchizedek was the good one Ishmael Abraham's wife, Sarah, had not borne him any children, but she had an Egyptian slave woman named Hagar. Did you know that one of the reasons why God had to change Abraham's name to Abraham was because of Ishmael? Because Ishmael became a country... And Isaac did too. And so instead of being the father of one nation, he became the father of many nations. Abraham, Sarah said, look, I'm 75. There's not much chance of me having any kids. So if you're going to be the father of a nation, you'd better um, take my slave girl. Bad idea, real bad idea. It didn't end well. This, by the way, is the father of faith who's doing this. And he thinks by the, the logic of humanity that the only way I'm going to get a child is by having it off with the slave girl does not work and sometimes we think that we know better than God (coughs) I hate I can't count the number of times I've done that right I can't count the number of times that I've thought I knew better than God and I can't count the number of times that I was proved wrong right and uh, I believe that most of us are like this And this is a real difficulty, you know. I'm not uh, not making this easy for us, but this is what happened to them. Of course, Hagar she got pregnant, and she thought I'm better than my mistress. I'm better than Sarah, so Sarah treated her badly, and she ran away. It all got really nasty. God had a plan, and God's plan was that through Sarah, Isaac would be named, not Ishmael. The Arab nations historically have been battling each other according to the prophecy that was given then and battling Israel ever since. For three and a half thousand years, you look at the history, and it's there. Do you know how bad it is? Iran have got rockets with death to America and death to Israel written on them. Because they hate the children of Isaac. There is a time to actually do what God says and swallow it up and go and do it rather than working your own method. Abraham and Isaac. But God said, No, your wife Sarah will bear you a son, and you will name him Isaac, and I will keep my covenant. With him and his descendants, for it is an everlasting covenant. And the Jews are back in Israel, and the church is still existing, and we are part of the new Israel, because in the end he believed that God would keep his promise. Whether we like it or not, the whole of history depends on that obedience. We talk about no pressure. That was pressure. And he had a choice. He either believed what God said or he didn't. I find that incredible. Yet I know this. I know that God keeps his promises. I know that when I went and watched television and I said, God, I'm having trouble with the sermon. I need inspiration from you. I know that God spoke to me. I know that through the years God has said things to me and they have been true. When we don't have enough faith what is the gift of faith? There is in Hebrews, words that goes like this. I will read them to you. I think I've got them. I'm going to read this passage to you. Let us keep our eyes fixed on Jesus, on whom our faith depends from beginning to end. He did not give up because of the cross. On the contrary, because of the joy that was waiting for him, he thought nothing of the disgrace of dying on the cross. And he is now seated at the right hand of God. Our faith starts with Jesus. When I was 14, I thought that I was so bad that I could never get to heaven. Truly. And I heard that you could know. And suddenly a spark came in me. And suddenly I started to look because I thought there's a chance that I might be accepted by God. I was 14. I had determined in my life to be bad. But God gave me just enough faith to look. I didn't know Jesus. I didn't care about the Bible. I didn't care about things that were good, but God gave me just enough faith to start. You might be in a place where you don't know whether this is true or not. You only need enough faith to begin to be interested And if you're a Christian, then you're going through hard times. You only need enough faith to know that you haven't got much. That's all you need. Because it is on Jesus that our faith depends from start to finish. You only need that little bit to start with. I think of that man, John. Who said, I don't believe in God at all, but you keep praying. I've got enough faith to let you pray. God answered his prayer prayer that he didn't even make. Answered my prayer that I didn't even make. There's a chance. There's a chance but as Christians and I want to talk to us now as Christians sometimes we don't believe you know what I mean we don't believe that it's possible for me sometimes we just don't have enough faith to ask for something I've told part of this story before this man was walking up the aisle of St Silas Church in Belfast and he was walking up the aisle and he had two people helping him and two sticks and it was a healing service and I had a terrible joke went through my mind and I thought I don't believe that God's going to heal this man and he's coming for me to pray for him so they've got an altar physical altar in the Anglican church so I turn around And I knelt down. And the first thing I did was I prayed that God would forgive me for being such an unbelieving person. (laughs) And then I asked the Holy Spirit, give me a gift of faith. And I got up and I told him to kneel down and he said, if I'm not healed, I'll never get up. And I thought, You've really lost it, Warren Hodge. (laughs) And we prayed for him and he was healed. And I learned a lesson there. And the lesson that I learned is this. Even when I am at half mast, if I let God do something with me, if I trust him enough to tell him the truth, that I'm full of unbelief if I tell him the truth that I'm not adequate and I ask him to give me the gift of faith he will and he'll do it for you there's nothing special about me at all but there's an awful lot that's special about God and you know ever since then that was that was 40 something years ago that that happened and ever since then I've been practicing asking the Lord to give me a gift of faith many many times I've said Lord I need this gift of faith Lord I'm not believing I I confess it to you and it's become a habit and so now when I see something I'm looking for what God's going to do. That gift of faith has become a fruit of faith in my life. Where I'm not I'm now as a habit believing that God can do new things. As a habit, I believe God can change things. As a habit, I believe that God is actually going to do things. I believe that God is going to grow our church in a mighty way. I believe that we're going to have an influence over this town. I believe it. I believe that God has shown me this. And I say it totally sincerely. I might be too old by the time it happens, but God's going to do it. And He's going to do it through you. And the way He will do it through you is when you discover that risk, failure, and all those other things that go wrong, He will use you. It is not by might. It is not by power. But by the Spirit of God that he will build our church, that he will transform our town. And through faith, he is going to use you to do it.